1: What ring is that? <laughs> That's like a ring like bird song. It's
0: oh, oh wow. bird
1: song. I, know. I try to make it different every time, but I can't remember how it was the time before. So just,
0: I, it's a hey, ring like a bird song. Hey, how yeah, are you? I'm good, how are you? I spent in
1: fox song. That's what we've got around our place these
0: days. Oh, really? Like oh, a little yip-yip-yip no, kind of thing? No, like
1: a little sound like a woman screaming.
0: Oh. oh, oh I
1: figure it must be mating season. <laughs> I guess. I
0: Thoughts on the run. <laughs> anyway. Well, I don't know. We used to have a lot of wild critters around the barns and stuff. Yeah. You know, I bet you had some stories about that. Oh
1: my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Wildest critters we had around the barns, There were a couple of damn Rhode Island red roosters. Oh. And those bastards, they had spurs on them as big as my thumb. Boy. And they, you know, we got Easter chicks. <laughs> what can I say? Somebody got us some Easter chicks and they were adorable. And they were, you know, pink or green or whatever. And we got a couple of hens that were just, Rhode Island Red is an amazing layer. Mm-hmm. And they're patient and calm. They're just such good hens. And the roosters are just awful. They're just terrible. So these damn roosters I had to go, we had like a path that went from the house up the hill to where we kept the animals, where the barn was and all that and those those damn roosters they would get on either side of that path knowing when i was going to come up to feed the ponies or brush them or clean the barn whatever i was doing up there because the garden was up there too and i had to carry this big old stick i looked like Gandalf the gray and i I couldn't have been more maybe 10 years old i guess and i'd hold it in two hands like this y'all can't see but i'm holding in two hands out in front of me and i'd just be waiting and one of them would always strike first and I would hit him like hitting a baseball. He would Out strike at you? He would strike at me. That is a mean old hand. Bam! And then I'd whirl around and the other one would come in a bam! And then I'd knock him back for a minute so I could get up to the barn.
0: You're like the chicken ninja. Every
1: day. Every <laughs> damn day. And let's see. One of them jumped my daddy. So I would tell daddy this. that Those roosters, they attacked me. he'd go, no, they don't. They don't. You're just being crazy. And then one day, he had to go up. And one of them damn roosters jumped him, <laughs> and he grabbed that rooster and wrung its neck, and we had oh. that rooster in a pot. Oy! So that was yummy. I mean, it was you know a little gamey, but it was it was good. It was good. And the other one fell, fell in the outhouse, and and nobody got him out. Oh! <laughs> like, that's a bitch that's just went Oh! So that's my
0: rooster
1: story, which was not the
0: story I was going to tell you. But yeah, no. oh man, they were awful, awful. Well, you know, you can tell stories about animals, we but the fun. ones, the ones that are sometimes a little more interesting are the ones about the two-footed animals oh, that speak. And we've
1: got all, we could, yeah, they speak. And they never shut they, up sometimes. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing a thing for my cousin. Um, she's a, I guess she's my second cousin once removed. Her daddy and my grandmother were siblings. Okay. And he was her older sibling because my grandmother was a baby of that family. Okay. And she, she is so good to us. Every Christmas she sends us, you know, a little check and it's always lovely to get it. And so we've been sending her you know, mugs with the family pictures on them. And we did one of those little, you know, you order from that website and have all the pictures in a little book. Yeah. We've done a couple of those for And we just run out of things. And so this past year, I decided I was gonna write a story about her daddy as a little, little boy. Oh. And it's not a family story. I just made it up out of whole cloth. But it was about Christmas time. And how her daddy took my grandmother, who was a little tiny baby, took her down and put her in the manger scene at the church. And they were tearing the house apart trying to find little Helen. Where's Helen? Oh my God, where's Helen? Roy, where's Helen? And he, he looked scared for a minute. He said, she's with Jesus. And they're like, what? <laughs> where, where is Helen? And so they go down and then there's little baby Helen. She's just sitting there with a cat, you know, sitting, laying in the manger. Uh, so I did that story for her, but it made me think of all these stories I had about Uncle Roy.
0: And Uncle Roy. And Uncle Roy was
1: evidently quite a, quite a, a, a character. And his first wife, um, died in 1918 with the influenza. Okay. And so I, she's a beautiful stone up in the family plot that I visit. You know when I go up there for Decoration Day and whatever? Right. Um, and there are stories about he loved to go hunting but the story about him is that he get a bunch of his buddies together and i got a picture of him and two of his hunting buddies and they got on that kind of 1930s era camouflage equipment which, which meant they had like twigs sticking out of their hats and, and and sticking out of their elbows and stuff oh god it is so funny and they got their guns but the story i remember about uncle roy Uh, He used to always say, the trouble with going hunting or fishing is that some damn son of a bitch actually wants to hunt. (laughs) Because I think all they did was go out camping and go on a big fire and drink a whole lot of liquor.
0: Do not doubt it. what
1: I suspect. And, of course, that tradition has been passed along down to this very day.
0: I was going to say, do you think that they still do that
1: oh you know do you think
0: do you think kids still get together and sneak off with beer and drink around a campfire well i would be shocked if they did not wouldn't you well i'm so out of touch with the youth of today how would i know but, but i would assume so, I guess so you know you think about it
1: you know they spend a lot of time looking at screens and stuff so i don't really know hey y'all listening if you have a young or if you yourself are a young who likes to sneak off camping and drink a lot of beer and tell tall tales and smooch on somebody, let us know. Well, we Get
0: us back in touch with the modern world, please. Well, that was a big tradition in high school. You were you were nobody until somebody had invited you to a, a campfire, and it d- didn't have anything to do with camping. I don't think <laughs> anybody even threw a tent up. They just went out to the woods and found a place and had a big fire, and some yeah. people would bring you know, their beer or whatever it was they were bringing. And uh, what was the other, it was uh, keg parties. People would have these keg parties with these kegs of beer and stuff. And I don't know if they would still still do that or not. That was a T.C. Robertson thing. Now, I don't know if I should name names, but that was a T.C. Robertson thing. I'm telling you, right now. Everybody has got their stories about being up on the mountain here or out in Bent Creek or oh, something yeah. like that and sitting around a campfire. And really... By today's standards, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, no. I mean, uh-uh. we really didn't have that much stuff. Going you know, on.
1: The, the worst that would happen is that somebody would have stole some liquor from one of their parents, <laughs> and yeah. we'd drink liquor and get boy goofy, Or, uh, or somebody'd have a little bit of, of pot, and we'd smoke a little bit of pot. And
0: that'd be but, like, oh yeah. boy.
1: But we never, you know, we weren't, we weren't setting things on fire beating Mm-mm. each other up and stuff, we just were, no. were pretty mellow, but that was the 70s, you know, like, we the thought, late 70s. And, we're,
0: and that was a thing to do. It, yeah. That's how you got social around here back yeah, then. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That was a thing to do. And you know what, I don't really miss those days. I still get to go sit around campfires, but I'll tell you, folks are still the same. They just want to go sit around a campfire, I think. Maybe it's a primal thing.
1: You well, think? I think there's something about being in the dark with a fire where you get to be free in a way you can't be free when you're sitting around a room and you can see each other real close I think that's you know the the stories always come out around a fire I love that
0: I've got many stories that are of the fire and the things that would happen around the fire like let me tell you this happened, I was there. There was a fella and he's gone now. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I should say his name or no. not, but he had a glass eye.
1: Let him rest in peace Yeah. He eye.
0: had a glass eye and uh, he was just a good fella, quiet, you know, but he would come and stand around the campfire with everybody else, cause all the cool kids would, you know, and he was country. So one day there was a group of folks who pulled up in their car one evening, I should say, and they were kind of the, I don't know what you would call them. I, I think back then we called them druggies.
1: Um, I don't know if
0: that's even appropriate to say anymore. I
1: don't but, know, but I think we did
0: too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they pulled up and sooner or later we found out that one of them was tripping on acid. Woo! Yep. Yeah. And when we found out, I was standing right next to that fella who has the glass eye. And you know what he did? He just popped that thing out. And, and it just rolled into the campfire, and he went, my!" And he did it on purpose in front of those guys. Oh just to mess gosh. with the guy doing acid. So it was oh so fun my to say. And the funniest thing. I
1: And that guy never did
0: acid again. He, you know what he did? He fell off the log. Because you're sitting on logs, or, you know, you don't bring lawn chairs to those things. And, uh,. He was sitting on the log and he just went, ah, <laughs> <laughs> and he just fell right.
1: <laughs>
0: so anyway, oh there's gosh. that story. I wish I could say his name, but that was another TC Robertson person.
1: I said, well, you know, I went to Inca, Inca Class seventy four. Oh my! Dance. Oh no! And uh, it, you know, we were out in Candler, and it just was, it just was what it was.
0: Mhm. Did y'all yeah. race? Did y'all spend most of your time racing? <laughs> You know it. I figured.
1: My first car was a 1969 Camaro.
0: I think you told me that. That's the best one. That sucker
1: would get it.
0: Mm. Handled. Mm
1: -hmm. The best handling car I've ever driven. Still, after all
0: How did you end up with that Uh, as a young girl?
1: How did I end up with anything in my life is that my daddy came home with this. He said, well, you want it. Because what I wanted was a Volkswagen Bug. He said, "Well, you own a little baby car, so I got you this." And wow! Like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I was the belle of the ball there for a little while. Wow! What color was it? It was kind of a greeny gold.
0: Now I know that. Yeah, one. yeah, that was a good little car. I dated a fellow who drove a 69 Camaro. He had painted it red. Woo! Oh, it was nice. It would throw you in the back seat with the speed now. He would hit the gas and it would just oh, be like, boom, and so be gone. Zero to 60 just like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was
1: a good, it was a good car. Yeah, and course, no seat My belts. parents are dead and will never hear this, about how fast I was driving. And I hope my daughter is not listening because that, well, that would not surprise her a tiny, <laughs> even a tiny bit. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise her? No, it would not surprise her.
0: Well, my first car was not glamorous. It was uh, it was like a it wasn't a maverick, it was some offshoot of a maverick. It wasn't even it was like a it was, pinto? Was it it was a pinto, thank oh, you oh very god. much. Really? Yes. <laughs> it was a fire trap, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's where I met the um that was a car I was driving when I met the gypsies that oh, we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. yesterday. So for those of y'all listening, I was it was a lesson for me because I was driving to Robbinsville in this car, this Pinto, and I passed these gypsies. And their their caravan just looked ratty and old, and they looked kind of... I don't know, backwoodsish or something. I don't really know what to say, rough, but it? they look rough, yeah. And and I was kind of snooty about it, and I just passed them on. And then my car threw a tie rod, and it jumped up into the water tank, and it knocked a hole in the Ow. the water thing there. And so my car was just kind of straddled on the side of the road, and I couldn't go anywhere. Headed towards Robbinsville, and they were the only people who paid any attention to me and they came and asked if they could, they humbly asked if they could uh help with a ride or anything and it's like boy that was a lesson to me but boy, anyway. Boy, isn't that,
1: isn't that something, now were they uh travelers from They were like travelers, South Carolina? yes they yeah. were.
0: And are they Romanian descent?
1: No, I believe those folks are uh, British travelers. Are they? British descent, yeah. <laughs>
0: Interesting. And different areas of the country, I understand, have different yep. types of travelers there and okay. stuff. And it's an interesting, uh, they're an interesting group of people. And what I don't understand is, is why they're not more uh, discussed in culture. When, you know, it's almost like they don't exist or something. Well,
1: they is that what they've they chosen? Are, they are very secretive people, um, from what I understand. I've only met a, a handful of travelers. Or, or Roma and those are different groups um, and they tend to keep to themselves not unlike Appalachian people keep to themselves and of course there's a lot of stereotypes about them and a lot of stories about them and I don't know you know I don't know how often they really merge in with the rest of the culture it'd be interesting to know that that would so be. if y'all if y'all are from traveler families or Roma families and you'd like to enlighten us about that, we'd love to hear it. Yeah,
0: I'd be interested to know that. There was that.
1: a wonderful book I read, gosh, 20 years ago, I guess, called "Bury Me Standing," that talked about the culture.
0: Bury and, me know, standing.
1: Yeah, pow powerful stuff.
0: Note to self:
1: <laughs> Bury me standing. Okay. I probably have it at home somewhere. I'll take a look. Hmm.
0: Well, I'm I'm finishing up one book now, but I'm really haven't been reading to entertain myself much lately, which maybe I should do more of. I've been more reading news and stuff like that. reading this almanac calendar.
1: I started reading a book that I had read before that I really like and it's like a, it's a well-written romance called Touch Not the Cat by Mary Stewart. Hmm. I know everything that happens in it. I know all the characters and I, it it is like having macaroni and cheese Uh. for food. So yeah. I'm just having that as comfort comfort reading.
0: That's a good idea. Yeah,
1: I've got a bunch of stuff I gotta write. I gotta get back into writing mode pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, they say do not have a screen anywhere near you right before you fall asleep for at least a half hour before you fall asleep. No screen. That means TV, cell phones, et cetera. And for me, a good book. Mm -hmm. It's what I do. And, you know, I've done it through the years, put myself to sleep reading many times. You know, what's difficult about it now, though, is uh, I have to wear glasses. (laughs) So you fall asleep with your glasses on, you know. Well, you know,
1: as I've often said to you and to other people, I imagine I'd feel really sorry for you if I hadn't been wearing glasses since I was 10 years old.
0: (laughs) 10 years old.
1: 10 years old. It was one of those things... uh, one of the things that that I do is I can see auras, but we didn't call it that, you know, back in the day. And I would say to people, like, "Why does Miss So and So why why is it all yellow around her?" And my family didn't know what it was either, and they just said, well, "What is wrong with you?" So finally, they took me to the eye doctor because I figured it was an eye doctor thing. And come to find out, I needed glasses to see the board. So I didn't have to wear them mm. all the time until till I was about 12. Um, but after that, and I still saw all the colors around people, I just didn't talk about it anymore.
0: No, after a but while. And then I
1: could see the board. It was great. <laughs> I could see what was written on the board.
0: Did your grades change?
1: No, I was no. always pretty smart. I used to yeah. have good grades. That's good. But I think I probably was squinting in order to see the board, leaning over and squinting at it. Uh, and that's how the teachers thought knew I couldn't see the board. And you were
0: ten years old? Yeah. That's pretty young. Yeah. Honestly, it is. Yeah. I didn't start wearing glasses till 45 or so. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so the thing about me and my family is that I don't think we were altogether appropriate but I, don't, but I don't know that we knew that we were not being appropriate, <laughs> <I love laughs> or at least until after the fact. For instance, my family, they're kind of shy, you know, about certain subjects. There were certain subjects that just never got talked about in my family. That's you know, sex, um, violence, certain types of crimes, it just never got talked about finances were never 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 talked about in front of wow. me ever yeah. ever that was just uh and if you ask about them they would tell you that uh you would be a child as long as you could that the world of finances were going to come on you soon enough now that I kind of regret awesome. huh. but the day that my uncle and my grandpa decided to take me to the movies is not a day that I'm going to regret It's not, because uh, although it was an interesting day, I'll say that, the movie theater wasn't in town. It was in the next town over called Andrews. And so we drove to Andrews, and the only movie playing was Scarface. And I don't know if you know what movie that is. How old are you? I don't know. Let's see what year Scarface came out, and that'll tell you how old I was. Yeah. But yeah, so I I don't think either or any of the three of us knew exactly what Scarface was. We certainly knew what it was afterwards, and that was without a doubt the most violent movie that I had ever seen and the most uncomfortable that I'd ever been mm-hmm. around yeah. my my kin folks and I could tell that they were really uncomfortable around me too and I think I want to say I was a I was a teenager I was probably 18 or so mm-hmm. but it was so I was old enough in theory to watch it but yeah. in in truth I was not, not old enough to watch that in the theater with my kinfolk so it was just the most awkward weirdest thing ever and I remember coming back and my grandma saying well how'd you like the movie you know, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> I said, oh, it's fine. And she said, well, sit down and tell me what it was all about. <laughs> I could not tell her a thing. Oh,
1: no, You sadly, know. No. And I
0: remember telling her, well, it was a little confusing. I think it was a lot of stuff that they were more interested in. Maybe you should ask them kind of ask thing. the boys. Yeah, ask them. Yep, oh, so. We hardly ever went to
1: movies.
0: That's uh, the only time I ever went to a movie yeah. with my kid that I know of.
1: It Seems like my mom took us to some, mo- some young and you know little a kid movie at one point at the Imperial Theater. The I remember yeah, that's where Imperial, it was, but I remember what the movie was.
0: Did you go to drive-ins ever?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. In- <laughs> oh yeah. In college in college Uh-oh. we did that. We did that a lot. You know there was the Dreamland drive-in down there, that's and then weird. there was because this is the '70s and we were raunching. There was an adult drive-in near the where the Nature Center is now.
0: What was it called? Do you I remember? remember? I can't remember either. Uh, but that
1: was, that was a drive-in, drive-in theater that showed adult movies. You know, you see all kinds of nakedness on a giant screen.
0: <laughs> well, I got much wisdom about that place. One of my friends that I worked with at some de- at Substation Two, the deli. Yeah. When I was working one of my million-second jobs, she had worked there. She was older than me, and she had worked there, and she told me all about the gr- the porno that was going on there. And she said, you know, because she worked the ticket booth, I guess, and she didn't hear the sounds. Yeah. And she said the only thing I really noticed after a while is that all the actresses had dirty feet. <laughs> the, that, the, that the bottom of their feet were dirty. And I was like, "Ooh!" for some oh reason that was gosh. stuck out in my brain forever. And she said, so I will forever associate porno with actresses that have dirty feet on the bottom of their feet.
1: It was called the park drive-in.
0: The park drive-in. I just oh. looked
1: it up on, <laughs> on my handheld computing device.
0: I don't know that I ever, I think I've seen it empty When it was still probably open, but it was during daytime. And so I think I've seen it once, but I I never did actually go there and watch anything. Well,
1: it wasn't open very long. It Mm -hmm. says it opened in 1973, which makes sense. And then it closed uh, sometime in the 1980s. Hmm. Interesting. And now I think it's condos, isn't
0: it? Oh, I'm sure everything is a damn condo around here. Huh. I mean, if it, if if something has been torn down, you can just rest assured that there'll be 25 condos on top of it by this time next month.
1: Honestly.
0: I know. I hate it, and
1: I just I don't even want to talk about it. Nope. Uh, I mean, what can you say? Well. I don't have any um, I don't have any control over that. Nope. And if I did, I would exercise it, but I
0: don't. So yeah. Yep. Very very practical. Wow. So, you know, what can you say again? Somebody asked me if uh, and this is this is about practical thing. They said, Well, is dark dark moon work all about hate and oh. and I was like, Are you kidding me? Well,
1: it's all about
0: healing. Oh, that's I know. Which is a practical thing.
1: I can hate though. Oh well, uh, I have lots of stuff I hate. People are like, Well, I don't want to say I hate it. That just sounds so harsh. Well, there's things I just damn well hate. Yep. And that's all there is to it. And I'm the lovingest person. I tell my friends all the time I love them, and I'm just, I'm a big lovey-dovey. You actually are a big lovey-dovey. Bums, sometimes smack, <laughs> I, just, I just get all welled up with it. I can't help it.
0: Do you think it corresponds to the moon or just to no, the I general dumbassery? To, I
1: think it <laughs> corresponds to me being a big old redneck. No. I was raised a redneck and you know, every once in a while I just
0: revert to Rever- I don't know, I mean, I, I, you maybe call yourself a redneck, but I don't know. My Red- first
1: car was a 1969
0: Camaro. Yeah, but that doesn't make you a redneck. Man. I don't know. See, it just depends on what you think that oh, word final. means. Yes, that word, yes, yes. It didn't used to be quite so bad as it is now, I don't no, think. No,
1: no, it wasn't. It never used to be political.
0: No. It was well, really
1: more a class thing.
0: I think Or everything. an attitude thing. It was an attitude, <laughs> I think. think y'all don't mess with me.
1: Don't mess with me. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's,
0: why was, that's why
1: I think
0: it. There was a group of girls, defiant Appalachian gals in the 70s and 80s, that just had a freedom... I think about themselves and I don't know if that was something that was there in the generations before or not. Yeah. But I think probably a lot of it was. I think a lot of our our grandparents and folks in those generations, especially the females, if they're out in western North Carolina in the back hills, you know, they're going to have that kind of attitude of, "Well, I'm going to take care of myself and y- y'all don't have to like it."
1: That's right. Well, there is a wonderful book that has been rewritten
0: by the author has been
1: updated a little bit. Um, the author's name is Skye Moody, and the book is called Hillbilly Women, Struggle and Survival in Southern Appalachia. It is such a good book. Mm. Y'all, I recommend it too much. I've got I've got the old edition, the original edition from, I believe, from the 70s. And it's just talking about exactly what you're talking about.
0: That attitude.
1: The, the, attitude, yeah. the cultural piece that's all
0: wrapped up in it. I really do believe that my mother's generation was probably the last generation that that had... What am I trying to say here? I've never put this into words before. The last generation that had a lot of inhibition about public behavior and so on and so forth. The whole, oh, you can't. What will the neighbors say?
1: I, yeah, but, but honestly, I, I know people now that were the roughest people when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and now suddenly butter won't melt in their mouth. <laughs> you know, they they grew up, and they got families and grandchildren, some of them great-grandchildren, and so then they had to tone it all down. And I just think, uh-huh, you've been all prim and proper. I remember when you were 17 years old.
0: Oh, I totally, yes. I've got a, I've got a story there. There's a gal who was... She was a um, party girl back in high school, and we were on several uh, theater outings together, and this is how I knew it, you know. And I guess it would have been about 15 years ago, we were at a function. I was at a function at the college that I worked for at the time, and the dean of the college was there, and I was talking to him, and this gal walked up, and she was perfectly quaffed, and her hair was peroxide blonde and she was beautiful, but it was that party girl. And she was shocked to see me. She had changed her last name and I could tell that she was just mortified and I could see, I could almost hear her thoughts going, please don't tell him, please don't tell him. (laughs) I knew all about her, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so funny. It happens in the hometown, you know. We were talking about that today, Gary and I, my friend, he's a realtor, and I think I was talking about it with you, too, so it's kind of been a theme today. It's a big town, but it's not that big. No,
1: no, no, no. Yep, yep. Uh, Asheville's one of those places that um, likes to pretend it's a city, but it's really just a big town.
0: It's a city to those new dwellers.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, I remember back when I first moved here eight years ago. It was all very, very different. Well, I remember when I used to come into town on the Inca Jitney. The Jitney. 55 years ago.
0: The Jitney.
1: And it, you, you damn, can be damn well sure it has changed since then. Because then you could go to a feed and seed store. Yeah. Downtown, a feed and seed store. You can't do that now. No. That's you can sure. hardly go to a feed and seed store outside of them. You
0: can't hardly find any real barns that need feed and seed stores anymore. <laughs> They're all industrial. <laughs> you know, well, very I few family to, farms. Uh, I
1: go down to southern states because mm-hmm. it's kind of near me. <laughs> um, yeah. Whew. And there's a really good one. Can- Candler feed and seed is still good. Still. Pretty old-timey looking. Yep.
0: And there's an auction over there beside it. That's one of those old-timey auctions, oh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we go there sometime. We should show up at some auction now, sometime. We have no so many
1: plans for all the things we're going to do. I know, we're
0: Rock City.
1: Get out of this lockdown. I know. But we ain't going to do it until we can do it.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't
1: matter how much the General Assembly threatens the governor. Yeah, yeah. I am not a fool. My mother only raised one stupid child and it wasn't me <laughs> I, I, I love to say that i love to say that around my brother. i love to say things like yeah my father treated me like the son he never had my brother goes i'm right here he had a son i said you never carried the horse feet up to the barn i hated those horses all right all right whatever I was all I was it. my daddy wanted a son, and that's, that's <laughs> he
0: got, how he treated me. That's hilarious. I wanted to be a boy. I really wanted to be a boy. I really wanted to be a boy. I didn't want to be in the Girl Scouts at all. They were boring to me. No. I wanted to play football. I wanted to play baseball. At the time, you couldn't. Yep. But I was you know, surrounded well, you by the, guys. You
1: wanted the freedom of being a boy.
0: I did, I did. Yeah,
1: because we didn't have... Well, I mean, I was not raised with a whole lot of uh, concern for what I did or didn't do, so I can't really say that, but I think a lot of people felt bound up by what it meant to be a, a girl in the culture.
0: I think people still get bound up with that. Yeah, yeah, probably. But the culture did not going to tell me how to behave, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, my culture did. I remember my mom bringing me in and telling me, no, you can't take off your shirt. The rest of the boys were taking off their shirt. And you couldn't do it. I couldn't. Now, she would let me run around and play with them in the neighborhood and stuff, you know. But I had to wear my shirt, and I was. I remember saying, why not?
1: Yes, well, exactly. you
0: know, guys, she'd tell me boys and girls are different, and you well, just can't do that. Well, why not? Yes, but, I can, you know. Now, in
1: North Carolina, you can go without your shirt.
0: Legally, yes. Legally,
1: you can do that.
0: I think they only celebrate that like one day a year. Oh, I,
1: oh that makes me so mad that <laughs> they do that. It's like, oh, you flash your boobies at everybody. It's like, well, you can do that all year long.
0: And I think they only do it on Labor Day, right? Well,
1: they only do it. It's
0: during this, an Organic Fest. It's
1: this group of people that is run by a man who have organized this across the country.
0: Oh, the yes. top the topless demonstration. Yes,
1: exactly. So I think that demonstration would be very fine, not on that day organized by some damn man, but organized with a bunch of women who went topless and then carried pitchforks and, <laughs> and double-barreled shotguns. It's like, you want to see some boobs, I'll show you some boobs. <laughs> and, here's and here's my shotgun. Here's my shotgun, here's my pitchfork,
0: here's my big old Bowie knife. I wasn't really interested in making a statement. I just wanted to stay cool when yeah, I was playing uh-huh. and be like the rest of the kids. Yeah. And, you know, it was all boys in the neighborhood.
1: I, I, I run with, I've had, my best friends have almost always been boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, until I got,
0: you know, to mama age. And mine too. And it's because they did things that were more fun. Yeah. I was not interested in staying inside. I learned embroidery when I was a young girl, and I didn't want to do it all the rest of my life. Well, I wanted to run around outside and climb trees and holler and, you know, all of that stuff.
1: Well, I, but I also had this thing. I wanted to be fancy sometimes.
0: I never So wanted. my
1: grandmother taught me how to set the table and what fork to use and what spoon to use. I learned all that stuff, I think, by the time I was six or seven years well, old. And, and part of that is is the kind of coat switching you have to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm working class. I've always been working right. class from a working class family. And so, to be able to sit down at, we used to have a, a private club here called the City Club, and I was on a committee that used to meet there, it was in the Northwestern Bank mm-hmm. building. I was on a committee, an arts committee that met there, and I never feel uncomfortable eating with the richest people. No. Because I know how to behave, and that's what, that's what poor people have to learn to do. We have to code switch so that we can pass for being like them.
0: Do you code switch your accent?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I do too without even thinking all about it. All
1: the time. All the time. Yeah. So last night I did that, uh, uh, dark moon thing on Facebook, the Facebook live.
0: The ritual. And, yeah.
1: yeah. And I used my theater voice mm. because more people understand that. Yeah. Than understand my native accent. But I'll, I'm slowly getting that back.
0: The native accent? Yeah. I will say when I go visit my relatives, it just, it comes yeah. out. And, and snap. I mean, really comes out. And if you listen to some folks who have always spoken that way and they don't code switch, when they're talking and they're excited or happy or what, it animated, you can barely tell that it's English sometimes. The, the accent will be so I, I, thick.
1: I, 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 well, I, I don't know if I've told you all this story, but when, when I brought my husband, who's from New York, when he came down to meet my parents, or came up, because we were in Dallas, um, I sat on the front porch, and I had Daddy on one side, and I had Joe on the other. And Joe was a New Yorker, and Daddy okay. is from, was from Madison County. Uh-huh. And Daddy would say something, and Joe would lean over and go, What did he say? And I'd translate from him. <laughs> and then Joe would say something, and my Daddy would say, well, What was that? And I'd translate, <laughs> so I was translating English to two people who couldn't understand. That's him. hilarious. That's crazy
0: it is it is well i think it's about time to go water some plants
1: i know the sun has come back out so i go back and get some stuff done in the yard go do hey, it all thanks for listening yep we appreciate you so much
0: very much and if you've got any stories to share with us we sure would appreciate it you can find us everywhere on social media
1: we're all over it <laughs> see you later bye now, bye now. Bye now.
0: Y'all we couldn't have done any of this without Craig at Sunslice Records. We just want to say thanks. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.